3, 2, 1. Listening to the D Bad Movement. This is the Don't Be a Dickhead podcast. I'm John Gilbert. I'm Ian Thompson. I'm Alex King. And today we have a very special guest. Every now and again you meet somebody so talented that it makes you feel inadequate. And Alan <laughs> is one of those people. Alan Hudson, TV magician, nice guy, comedian, <laughs> and available to spend some time with us to record this podcast. Alan, welcome along. Thanks, John. That's nice. That is that is my main aim in life, is to make people feel <laughs> inadequate. So uh, that is uh, job, <laughs> job done for today. Tick. OK, you're a master at it. Well, it, it's a weird thing about magic, isn't it, that everybody wants to kind of know how the tricks are done and there's something a little bit... Do you know when you when you do a trick and then you, you're kind of hiding something? So yeah. therefore, you have got this thing where even though you're doing tricks and you want everybody to enjoy it, I do think it, sometimes people do feel a bit stupid sometimes and that's the kind of trick of what I do, really. Mm. I find not to make people do that, but you can't help it because you want to do good tricks. So, We've well, just you... done a full episode on um, lying and Dick Eddery's family lying, and it's basically Alan's job, that, yeah, isn't it? it, 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 it <laughs> yeah, everything you say, you know, this is a this is a normal deck of cards. Probably, probably isn't, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the benefit of the listeners, so Alan has during the COVID nineteen lockdown adapted his trade and is doing Zoom based magic, and we did this as a, as a team. Um, and it was fantastic, and we've been—I've been telling everybody to do it. I don't think they've all been listening to me, um, unless you've, they've been absolutely beating down your door. But yeah, it's, it was probably the highlight of my lockdown, Alan. And I'm not just saying yeah, that for sick of fancy. Yeah. Do you know what? It, it's been like it, it's such a weird thing to do because for the first month of lockdown, I just sat on my ass and did nothing, and went, "Oh well, this is it. This is my year off." Then I guess, and then I started doing a few tricks like on on like. Uh, friends quizzes and things like that and you saw all these people reacting and then I thought oh maybe there's something in this and now it's become a full-time job in a way it's ruined lockdown because I was loving it before <laughs> like it was absolutely yeah, brilliant yeah just you know I was having a little drink every day uh, pretty much <laughs> and uh, nothing to do go for a walk uh, good weather I thought this is this is fantastic yeah. this is better and then this zoom show took over and I went oh this is interesting I'll do this for a bit and the odd person might book it here and there and it might pay for you know, groceries for the week or something like that. Mm. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I'm doing, you know, ones every single day. Uh, on Saturday, I've got I've got seven. Really? I've got, seven, I've got seven shows, yeah. Wow. So this is good, but as oh. I say, it has absolutely ruined it. Well, <laughs> hopefully um, this doesn't go on forever and um, you'll have enough in the bank to pay for, uh, maybe, maybe next year now, but the subject that we've got for today's podcast, which is holidays. Yeah, when you said it was holidays, talking about- uh, I was right on board with this. This is one of my this is one of my things that really gets me. Um, so yeah, so thanks for having me on this one. This is this is the perfect <laughs> one. For the benefit of our massive American fan base, we're not talking about like Thanksgiving and Christmas. We're talking about what you would call a vacation. Yeah. Okay, but before you have your vacation, you've got to get there. So should we talk a bit about the the journey? Um, and, and I believe the DBAD community have, have a few points on that. Or you've been doing some research, have you, Alex? Yeah, so we've heard from Pippa Clarkson, um, and she said just plain etiquette in general, and specifically people who knock you out with their cabin bags when you get off the plane. So I think that's when there's a big rush to all get off the plane and everybody sort of 
scrambles and it's like I've just never understood the point in it it really stresses me out that part of the journey but it's the same when you're getting on as well though and everyone's yeah everyone's trying to get their bags right above their own seats and you know yeah well, the mm. etiquette of getting off is, is never understood by people. So what happens is, the, as soon as the seatbelt sign goes, bing, everyone jumps up. Now, if you're not the first to jump up, because yeah. not everybody can get up at the same time, you might be the one that sat down. And then they're getting their cabin bags off. And it's that sort of thing where people are trying to get ahead because sometimes it's a few ahead of you, sometimes it's a few behind mm. you. And then sometimes people, because they're, they're stood up, they don't seem to think they have to let you out first. The etiquette is this. Mm. It's people from the front mm. of the plane first. They go out and it's it's row by row. That is that is how it should be. But people yeah. just behind you, because they're stood up first, um, they think that they can they can push past you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's a really annoying yeah. thing. You get drawn into it as well. So that once they all stand up, then you stand up. And if you're like at the window seat or the middle seat, then you're like stood up with your head, like bent bent over because you can't quite stand up. At right. a 45 degree angle. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to stand yeah. there for 20 minutes with a crick in your neck. And yeah. it's ruined your holiday because you've had to spend all of it with a trapped nerve. Yeah. In sciatica. Yeah. I mean, I think there's an opportunity for the airline industry to do it. You know, on every flight, then they do like the, the safety instructions. Yes, mm. here's your whistle. Here's how to put this on. Here's how to do your seat. Here's how to put your seatbelt on they're still teaching us that surely this is an opportunity to do something around etiquette um, or at the end of the flight before everybody right okay before you before you stand up please pay attention to the following dickheadery message yeah. and that's how we do it it's just about social conduct there's from a couple of airlines i'm sure i can't remember which one it was that i went on re recently and they've started to do like a comedy version of the messages at the beginning so all like yeah. the safety stuff is done like in a comedy yes. video yes. and using celebrities yeah, they get children to do it as well, don't they? There's there's one where they there's like little kids pretending to be the air hostesses. Yes. There's nothing that fills you with confidence knowing there's a four-year-old <laughs> in charge of telling you where the exits are. <laughs> it's get, getting off getting off the plane is bad, but also getting on the plane. That's that's my other bugbear with with planes itself, is that. You get, you get on the plane and you go, the, the, the woman says, oh, you're in 11, 11B. And you go, yeah, I know that because yeah. I've just checked the ticket 20 times on the way down to the thing. I, I know where I am. And they go, oh, it's just up there on the left. And you go, yeah, I, I'm guessing it's probably just up, just up there, probably after 9 and 10, right? But, but most people don't seem to be able to, to grasp the concept of numbers on an airplane. That's the thing. So they're, they're looking at the ticket and they're looking up and they're looking around and going, oh, where is it? And then they, they finally find their seat, 11, and then they go, right, okay, well, no, there's a big queue of people behind them at this point, by the way. And then they go, well, I suppose I better get my headphones out and well, maybe <laughs> take my jacket off now. And oh, a little stretch just before, little stretch just before I sit down. And I want to just, just check my text messages. I better just do that. And you go, come on, you knew it was happening. You knew, you knew when you were waiting for everybody else to pop their bag up, you knew that was going to happen. So yeah, I, I don't yeah. understand why it's such, such a shock to people as they get to their seat that they might have to do things. I get everything ready. I take my jacket off. Yeah. I get the bag ready. I go, right, I'm up to my seat. I can do it in three seconds. I'm there. Boom. Back thing. <laughs> Jump in to let everybody else buy. Yeah. That's yeah. a great call as well about when they make you take your ticket out again as you get on the plane and then they tell you, right, it's up here. And you're like, and yeah, that's that's a really good call. Like like the alternative, sometimes you might get on a plane and they might say, uh, yeah, so head down here, second right. When you get to the roundabout, you want the third exit and your seat, your seat's just up, like past the third lap. Go, go, go down the go down yeah. lift. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. If you get to the bushes, you've gone too far. 
I mean, so the, the thing is, the, the almost trauma of the journey means that the holiday has to really be, be worth it because before you've even got to the plane, you've got to do that charming of task of airport security, mm-hmm. which is just the most soul-destroying environment to be in. I remember one time I was uh, going to the US and I have a pacemaker, so I have to be frisked because uh, I can't go through the metal detector things. So they're getting around and they always have to frisk me. And this guy got me and he said, uh, right, so you just want to put your arms out. I'm just going to frisk you. Would you like to go to a private room? And I was like, <laughs> and I said, um, no, you're all right. Just, I'm used to this. Just, just frisk me quickly. So he started patting down my arms. Then he does my, right, and he goes, right, I'm now going to do the back of your waistband and, and, and your, your, your bottom. Would you, would you like the private room? I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine, thank you very much. So he did that. Then he goes, you want to just turn around? And he did my chest. And then he goes, I'm now going to do the front of your trousers. Are you sure you don't want to go to a private room? I was like, no, do you? Uh, I feel like he wanted yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, do you need me to sign something for you? Or something? I mean, he must have been an admirer, uh, is all I can imagine. He had well, a good I... route around, I'll be honest. I think that's an excellent idea. I mean, if they all pretend to be attracted to you, it's a good start to your holiday. Well, yeah, so, no, pick me up. It was, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it wasn't unpleasant. Yeah, went, went, you went around three times. <laughs> I'm sure he was genuinely attracted to you, by the way, Ian. I didn't Thanks very mean much. To, to try and take that away from you then. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Ruining you by saying it was a piece of advanced customer service. But you're always fun and games to go through security anywhere. I have. Me, me, and, me and you have done a podcast before where we've discussed this, haven't we? And, we have. Uh, uh, I was I was once coming back from Santorini in Greece, and uh, I was on my own. And this it feels like now just a podcast talking about my ailments. I also take uh, blood pressure tablets. You need to know that for the story. Uh, so I was uh, going through the security thing. When you go up to the line, I'd, I'd been filming with the drone, and obviously when you've got the drone, then you've got um, uh, lithium batteries, so you've got to put them in fireproof uh, pouches to take through onto the plane. And the fireproof patches have like the big, you know, the big warning sign, and to- like the toxic sign on the back of lorries. They have those on them. <laughs> so I was there in the queue. And as we got up to the bit where you have to put your bags through the, the scanner, then I got my bag out and I took all my electrical equipment out. And then I had to take out these bags with warning toxic signs on them and put them next to me. And I like looked to my left and there's a woman behind me and I just sort of gave her a little <laughs> smile. And, and she like looked at them looking a little bit nervous. And then I started clearing out my pockets and I cleared my keys out of pockets, uh, reached into my pocket and found my blood pressure tablets because uh, I always keep them in my left-hand pocket. And I thought, oh, right, I haven't taken my blood pressure tablets. Oh, well. So I put them in my mouth and went to swallow them. But just before I went to swallow them, I realised, oh, wait a minute, I remember taking my blood pressure tablets this morning. I must have took them. These must be yesterday's that I forgot to take. So I spat my blood pressure tablets back out into my hand, but not before I'd already wet them with a bit of spittle, so they'd started dissolving. So now all I had in my hand was white powder. Uh, and I looked to the side, and there's this woman there still looking at me with white powder all over my hands that I'd brought out my pocket. And then I started, like, wiping it onto the floor and just trying to get rid of it without anyone seeing me. So, uh, like, flushing away my drugs, basically. At which point then I... Uh, turned to the, the, my bags went into the scanner, I turned to the security guard, and to this woman's horror, I don't know how she got on the plane after all this, to this woman's horror, I then said, 
Can't go through the metal detector, mate. Anyway, that's fine, mate. Just walk round. <laughs> so I, I, I walked round. They didn't bother frisking me uh, and walked straight onto the plane. So, yeah. How this woman actually managed to get on the plane, I don't know. Wow. Yeah, I bet she was really clambering to get off it at the end faster yeah, than yeah. usual. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only problems I've had with, uh, with security like that are with magic equipment. Because obviously oh, yeah. a lot of what I do is just real magic. Um, but sometimes I've... I take electronic gimmickry with me just just for fun. Um, nothing to do with helping any of the magic. It's just just for fun. And uh, yeah, and, and and these things they're never professionally made. These things. So any any sort of magic gimmickry is like her made by another magician probably or or some sort of engineer that knows about these things. So it, you know it's never like it's not like an Apple product. You know you don't get it in a nice box and it's all contained in a nice shell and stuff like that. There's wires hanging out from all all, all over the place. And in the, in the time when I've had to do a carry-on bag and I take these things and they open it up, they see plastic stuff, which looks like sexual <laughs> things. They see things with wires coming out of it and little buttons and countdown numbers on it. Uh, yeah, all sorts. And then, and then they say, what do you, then you have to have the explanation. So what, what's all this for, uh, sir? And you go, oh, well, I'm a magician. You go, oh, are you really? Oh, are you? Yeah. A magician, right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like someone who makes balloon animals for kids is going to be able to afford a holiday here, mate. Yeah, and then, and then they go, uh, what, does it, yeah, what does this one do then? I go, well, well I can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, just a magic circle outrank the uh, <laughs> Interpol. Yeah. Rules, rules is rules. Do we have any more trauma and decadery around the, the travel process, or could we talk about the actual holiday yet? One more thing about the plane. Why is it that people think it's acceptable on, a, on an eight-hour flight to let children kick the back of your chair constantly? Mm. Right? So, so much so that I, I either have to get the very back seat of a thing to yeah. make sure no-one's going to be kicking it, um, or... Uh, I will just do the thing where I mean I, I'm I'm not confrontational, but I will turn around slightly through that little gap in between and try and just, just give them the eye glare. a little bit, a little <laughs> little glare, which is very very menacing from from me. Just a little sort of yeah, I know. What you could do is turn round to them and do that thing where you just you pull the end of your thumb off like magicians do, right? And yeah. then uh, and then like mime to them that you're going to do it to them if they don't stop. <laughs> yeah. That's a good show. <laughs> Thanks. So at the end of the journey, you get the holiday. Alex, what have our community been saying around Dick Hedery and holidays? Sir Alice O'Dwyer has said people who sleep and waste most of their day. So wasting valuable holiday time. I think especially when you're in a group and you're waiting for people. Like... Alan? Yeah. What, is that you? Well, yeah, what do you I, to say about that? I, I, used, I used to do that a lot. Um, but then, actually, as I've got older, I've realised it, it is more about the days, isn't it? Um, so what's happened is this. Uh, when I would say up until about 10 years ago, I used to sleep, I used to sleep all day and then get up about lunchtime. Uh, but on my group holiday in 2012... Um, there was this girl that I quite fancied and what happened is she would get up really early about 8 or 9 o'clock so I would start getting up really early about 8 or 9 o'clock so I could get the sun lounger positioned <laughs> next to hers otherwise there was about sort of 8 or 10 of us I might be at the other end you know, that's no good to be chatting up this girl if you're 8 or 10 sun loungers yeah. away right? so then so everybody else in my like I was sharing with two other guys they couldn't believe it because they thought oh well Alan won't get up till 12 so that's fine 
But all of a sudden, at half past eight, I'm up and go, let's see you later, guys. I'm off down to the pool. Promising <laughs> himself. Yeah. Um, that was that was the first time I'd done that. And then um, that, that girl then became my wife. So that did pay oh. off. Um, so, yeah, so it did, it did work. That and then, makes it less creepy. Yeah, it does, yeah. At, at the time, it was quite creepy, I suppose. What shows how remarkable this was as well is... Back in those days, Alan used to be allergic to getting up before midday. Like, I'm not, I don't just mean like he liked sleeping. He was, like, physically, he would be a wreck if he got really? up before midday. Yeah, I would be sick, physically sick, so I would, wow. uh, or at least bored. <laughs> at least um, So, yeah. God. So when, when people go, oh, yeah, it's a nice early start, six o'clock, I'm going, that's no good for me. I'm, <laughs> well, well, thank goodness we started recording this podcast at 12 midday otherwise it'd be a hell of an edit wouldn't it? I think Alice O'Dwyer's point there has got a wider meaning and she, for her she's saying people who waste their holiday by being in bed she's, she's making a judgement there around what holiday should be in her mind for some people it's about relaxation yeah. and sleeping but I have to say I agree with her anybody that does a holiday that's anywhere in different from what you believe a holiday should be. Yeah, it's perceived right. to be a bit of a dickhead. Mm. Mm. Manchester Evening um, News have done an article and it says 85% of UK adults say that they get annoyed with their holiday companions. And I reckon that's a big reason why, because you have your own idea of what you want to get on and do, and obviously not everybody's the same, are they? Yeah, and presumably the other 15% are just perving on them on the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> when Alan got married, um, to the woman who he, he, he stalked. Um, <laughs> it was in uh, Crete. It was a lovely wedding, very, very nice wedding. And it was in Crete, and I went out and uh, just talking about getting on with your uh, holiday companions. We have a friend called, well, we call him Big D, and he's very small. And um, very small. How, how tall would you say Big D is, Alan? Two, two foot three. <laughs> okay, so he's very small. I think he's a bit bigger than that. He's a bit bigger than that, yeah. We were in a bar one evening and rather drunk. I, uh, this is definitely dickhead behaviour. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Alan was there, so I don't know whether he even knows about this. There's a video out there of it, though, of me singing Randy Newman's Don't Want No Small People Around Here and carrying Big D around with me as I karaoke <laughs> sang it in a bar. <laughs> I, did, I, I have not Big seen D that. Big D gets to decide if that was dickheadery or not. Yeah. <laughs> On our wedding holiday, we took over the pool. So there is a thing where if you're in a couple, right, it's fine, isn't it? But if you're in a big group of people, there's nothing worse if you're in a couple than to see a big group of people, 10, 20 people, right? That's that's terrible. But if you're yeah. in that group of people, it is fucking brilliant, <laughs> right? That, yeah. is, that is the thing. So we, we did this thing where we had this ball game where it's a very simple game. The idea is you all jump in the pool and you have this ball and you have to um, uh, pass it between you. So you're only allowed to hit it at once. You're not allowed to catch it. You just have to hit it. You have to keep it up in the air and you have to see how many sort of taps you can get. You can use your head, you can use your hands or elbows. It's very, very simple, sort of almost volleyballish, but you're never allowed to sort of half catch it and then throw it again. Um, I think we must have played that for about, about 70 or 80 hours uh, over... Uh, over the um, sort of 10 days. It's the greatest uh, thing ever. It was, it, was the, it was the greatest game in the world. Uh, it's fantastic for us, but I do realise that all these couples that are having this nice romantic holiday, all they had for 70 Aww. or 80 hours was, Hup! Come on! Hup! Hup! It was, it was incredible. There's a theme of this about when you're trying to enjoy your holiday, it does mean that some other people uh, cause some misery from that. 
One of the things that we like to do with our hotel whilst away is play lift-based games where me and the family, we'll all, when we're in the lift on just the four of us, we'll, we'll all have to do like crazy dance moves and the loser is the person that stops last, Aww. knowing that you might then, the doors will open and the next load of people are waiting <laughs> to get in. And That's you, can, bo you can bottle it and you can just stop, but then, but or you can keep going. I've never had that problem because I have got a phobia of lifts. The last holiday that I was on in, um, well, it was Alcudia last year, we were on the eighth floor. So I, I requested like a lower floor one, but they didn't have any room. So for the full holiday, I had to um, walk eight flights of stairs because I refused to get in the lift. <laughs> Lisa Billany um, has talked about people who want to make friends and Louise as well has, has also chimed in about this as well. Hating people who want to make friends. So she's not interested in like general chit chat with people who you're never going to see again, you know, like round the pool and things like that. Like, and so Louise, who's also said about this, her husband Chris, she says Chris always wants to do that. Now I know Chris, and he definitely would. Wants to make friends. Like, he'd just go and chat to any. Yeah, he'll want to go and chat to anyone and make friends with them and whatnot. And I know what they mean. Like, I'd rather just like don't, don't talk. I'm not interested. I didn't come out here to make friends, mate. Oh, I quite like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I suppose it's different if you meet your wife there. Mm. Yeah, but she was with with us yeah. already. Yeah. It's because also then you kind of know what people are like, don't you? It's when you yeah. meet friends, you sort of, oh, not meet friends, sort of meet, meet a couple and they start chatting to you for a little bit. And they go, oh, have you just arrived? You go, oh, yeah. And they go, oh, by the way, the bar's over there. Good tip is if you want to get beer, go to that end because they always come quick or something. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah thanks for that. Yeah. And then that's fine for five minutes. But it's then when they start saying, yeah, I mean, you know, we voted leave, obviously. And you go, oh, fuck. <laughs> Which inevitably is going to happen. Yeah, and then you go, yeah. oh, I'm in now. What do I do now? <laughs> that happened to Sally and I once with this couple, and they were just, they were nuts. But then they're just like, oh, you have to come round to our house, and oh, you have to do this. Oh, we're doing a charity boxing match. Yeah, I'll train you. You can fight in it if you want. <laughs> it's just like, just steady on. I met you two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's annoying if it happens on day one, isn't it? Because then you've got that awkwardness of of trying to avoid them going, right, there they are by the pool. So if we want to get that way, we're going to have to walk all the way around the <laughs> other side of the pool so we don't have to have that awkward little nod and a, all right? <laughs> Pass them, yeah. Kids, and I imagine it was me when I was a kid as well, you love making friends yeah. when you're on holiday, don't you? And then you start being pen pals with them or, like, FaceTime pals with yeah, them or whatever. Yeah. Modern equivalent is, but it's just when you get older, you're like, yeah, I'm not interested, not interested at all. I've got enough friends. Yeah. In fact, more than enough. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna start calling a few now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy. I'm happy shedding at the moment. Do we think it's acceptable to lay your towel down on a sun lounger and go off for a walk or go for lunch and things like that? Does that bother you guys? So two years ago, I went on holiday, and um, I've never been to a hotel where this happens. And two years ago, I um, I got up at like like seven o'clock or something like that, and I went outside to enjoy the sunrise and the early morning sun, and looked down and just saw people putting towels out on sun lounges, mm. and I was like, what is this phenomenon? So I got a couple of towels and I went down you joined and in. I like asked someone about it, and they were saying about it, and then so I, I put some towels out for my, for me, and we went and used them, and it was good. I got a nice position around the pool. But I never realised. So for the rest of the holiday, I was like, well, I'm quite happy getting up early and going and doing this. It really annoys me when I see like loads of empty sun loungers with towels on them mm. and no one's actually sat on them. Well, it used yeah. to be they said that's what the Germans did. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was wasn't just, it? 
It was like a, a, they managed to get some covert racism into general dickheadery. That was a very seventies <laughs> thing, wasn't it? It's the Germans. Yeah. It's, the, yeah, it's yeah. I think. I think we had to find another reason to sort of start doing anti-German stuff. Go, what can we get? Sun loungers. That's yeah. it. Sun loungers. That's, <laughs> it's the worst yeah. thing they've ever done. <laughs> in, in, a, in an act of blatant dickheadery, on a holiday I was on, they, they took that sun lounger reserving thing to an extreme by putting them on the night before. Wow. So, well, yeah. Wow. You say, wow. Did the towels end is, up you, in the you, pool? They ended up in the. They ended up in the pool. We sought some social justice out of that one. Yeah, that was you who did it. Well, yeah. Got to take me, action. some others, and fifteen pints of San Miguel. <laughs> on, the, on the last holiday I went on, and this is very unique. Um, they, they, there was a guy there that his job was to look out for sun, sun loungers. If you'd left it for more than an hour, he would just go and get your towel and put it back in the bin. Really. Wow. Yeah, I feel and, like and that should like, happen. That should. Yeah, it was great. It was a really good system, and you weren't allowed your own towels, or nobody seemed to have their own towels. And this guy, he would just every now and again just walk around and just pick pick some up. So because there was a sign saying, if you leave it for more than an hour, uh, your son now is just gone. You go, yeah. it's the perfect system, but it's pretty pretty hard to keep a track of. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, all the same. Yeah, that needs to happen more often. It would it would solve a lot of holiday annoyances, I think. It annoys me because I can't get up early enough to do it, otherwise I'm sick. Yeah. I mean, you can you could put the towel down early, Alan, but it's just covered in vomit. Yeah. <laughs> I can get prime position every time. Nobody takes mine away after an hour. <laughs> On Travel Supermarket, the top ten holiday bugbears, uh, beach selling is one of them, so obviously um, the lucky-lucky men and water sports and things like that. Does that, that doesn't bother me, really, though. It's annoying, but I don't think it's dickheadery, is it? Because no. uh, the the thing is, if they if the people that try and get you into the restaurants go, oh, we've got a great restaurant, come in, you know, or they're trying to do the selly selly bits on the beach, mm. that's all right. That's that's just them doing their job, isn't it? That's knowing that if they don't do that, they're not going to sell as much as if they do do that. Yeah. And their boss yeah. has often told them, look, you have to go out on the street, you have to. Um, what they call prop people that, that sort of uh, to proposition you to get you yeah, into the yeah. place. Yeah, you, yeah, I understand. That's not them being dickheads. That's just doing their job. Yeah. And we don't like it. But that it, it's it's for me the dickhead becomes in the people reacting to those people mm, going. Yeah. No, you're right, mate. Hey, I'm I all right. Hey, look, if I wanted to go in, I'd. Uh, I'd and you go, oh, come on, they're just doing their they're job. They're just taking so the piss out absolutely. of them. I hate yeah. seeing that. It's just. Yeah. 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 The idea that of being a dickhead to the people, right? Of like that that try and sell you things. You go, that's bad. So at the Edinburgh Festival, one of the things is you sit in a courtyard, and people try and fly your, your shows all the time, and that's just part of the deal at Edinburgh. Everyone's trying to sell their shows, so they come over and sell their shows. And I, I remember being with somebody that they've been flying a lot, and got to the breaking point where, and this guy's just trying to sell his comedy show, saying, look guys, you know, it's a great show, please come and see it, it's at four o'clock today. Uh, and this guy I was with just picked up this pint of beer, poured it over his head, and started slapping his head like this, and just shouting at them like that. And, he, and, and that person was Ian Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <Hey>. God. <laughs> you dickhead. Uh, you poured it over your own head? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, your oh, that's slightly like better. My own head, my own head. Is it like a then, system? Then, is, then they'd think I was absolutely <laughs> mad and leave me alone. Did they? 
I can't remember. I think that guy did. I think I think that guy yeah, said it. Wow. Yeah. It's quite an expensive strategy. I mean, yeah. I mean, cheers, mate. We might come along later. It's, it's cheaper and easier. So that's holidays. We've talked a lot about the process of holiday, which I think is the less fun part of it. The, particularly going through the airport and people on the plane and then going on holiday. I think one of the takeaway lessons from this is that people are dickheads. And it just seems to be that everything that annoys us is just being in a confined space with other people, particularly if they're British. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which shows that the DBAD movement really does need to exist and we've got more and more work to do. So if you're listening to this while you're on holiday by the pool or on your flight, just bear in mind, see if you can modify your behaviour. So, Alan, thank you for joining us. Um, it, this is a piece of history. You've been with us as our very first guest. Um, certainly, you've you've proven to me that it's much better if it's not just left up to me, Alex and Ian, to come up with the content. <laughs> so, thank you for uh, thank you for sharing your stories and your views. I hope people are listening. And we mentioned at the top of the show about your... Well, you weren't complaining. You were saying there was a lot of demand for your magic shows. How can people find out about that? Uh, Yeah, so you can go to my website, which is alanhudson.net, and then there's all the links on there. And if you can't find it from from that, you you probably can't watch the show, (laughs) to be honest. You probably probably won't be able to work Zoom. So, uh, yeah, so go to alanhudson.net and then you can find it from there. And then, yeah, it's a, re- it's a really good show. It's magic. Excellent, excellent. Well, well I mean, as we said earlier, for, for me, it's been... Alan Hudson's magic show, the best thing about lockdown. The best thing about lockdown. That's, that, and, yeah. that and staving off the, the spread of that nasty disease. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for listening. We've had Alan Hudson. I've been John Gilbert. I've been Ian Thompson. I've been Alex King. And remember... Don't be a dickhead!